Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Robert Yeager and the Tao Foundation. Faith Middleton here with your welcome toast. It was Peter Gazowski who said, If you are planning a trip into the deepest wilderness, you should pack a bottle of gin and a bottle of vermouth and never open them unless and until you become hopelessly lost. Then, wherever you were, when you took your two bottles out of your bag, someone would come over the horizon and tell you how to make a better martini. I got that sunshine in my pocket Got that good soul in my feet I feel that hot blood in my body When it drops it's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, inviting you to eat, drink, and be merry with us. Let the dreaming begin. We're going to brainstorm summer foods we cannot wait to try. You know, you have one warm day, right? We have a list going that you just can't believe. We've got you covered when it comes to party drinks. The author of Batch Cocktails has some amazing concoctions for us so we don't have to stand around at a card table, a wobbly one, mixing one cocktail at a time. My treasured food buddies are here, Chris Prosperi, Alex Province, Mark Raymond, and senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey. Okay, we're in our studios at the Big G Gateway Community College in downtown New Haven. Okay, hit me with it. Summer foods we can't wait to Tomato. try. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. No, is it? Is uh, it? Corn yeah. Uh, oh, strawberry. No, wait a minute. Oh, this has got to go slower. <laughs> oh, no. This, is go- we're, this has to be a sensual experience. <laughs> All right. You're into tomatoes, the real thing. And they're not even here yeah. yet. And I can just imagine the aroma of a big bucket of tomatoes. They don't get any in. better. <gasps> I and know. you don't need just Can't. grab a little bit of salt, slice them, just stand there at the table and eat, eat them. Eat them like, a, like an yeah. apple. It's yeah. just it's perfect. Heaven. So let me piggyback on top of your tomato thing because one of my favorite sandwiches of any time it happens in the summer because the tomatoes are terrific. Yeah. And then that gets layered on – could be focaccia, could mm. be regular bread with basil leaves – a slice uh-huh. of a very well-made mozzarella yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, slightly warm tons mm. of olive oil and oh. salt oh, and then uh, cold oh. i have it that sandwich oh. cold you know i don't heat Happen. it up in any way no panini thing mm. i mm. could mm. eat really every i could day. eat it every day yeah there's no question yeah. so oh. i'm stealing a little bit oh, of your you i think we're all going to steal off oh, of you oh yeah how about strawberries they're going to be here any day now Strawberries are fantastic. Strawberries. Oh, my gosh. We drive up to western Massachusetts, and there's one field after another after another. And you You can can smell them as you drive by. You can pick your own. You can grab a big flat of them. And if you don't eat half the flat by the time you get back, it's just not possible. (laughs) Where are you going in western Massachusetts to get those? Just over the border, you know, just south of Northampton. Go up 91, get off at any of the exits after Springfield and between Springfield and Northampton, and just get off the highway and start driving on that Route 5. And like I said, there's one 
one after another after another. And the strawberries up there. I mean, not that we don't have good strawberries in Connecticut. We do. But maybe I just like the drive because we literally eat half of them. It's the anticipation. And we eat half of them on the way back. Doesn't Guilford, Connecticut have great strawberries? Everywhere. No one talks about cucumbers, but cucumbers you get in the summertime out of your own garden. So much better than the waxy ones in the grocery store. And we make pickles. Yeah, we make our own pickles too. That on a hamburger. I don't know what I, I never eat cucumbers. I don't oh, know why. I love oh, them. Or you throw them in gaspacho too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there you go. There we that's go. on my. So last night when I was preparing this list, uh-huh. I wrote down Alex Province's oh, gaspacho. Yeah. yeah. Nobody else. I mean, no, there's in the blender that includes the tomatoes though. Whatever. Yeah. And the all in now, did you say it with a Spanish accent when you were writing it down? Gaspacho. <laughs> there you go. Gaspacho. <laughs> it's my heritage. Uh, okay. <laughs> I think we have to pause on some of these to get you in the mood because so far, of course, it's going to come out. Lobster rolls. Oh, right? yeah. Because everybody's going to start getting the in the car, shacks. arguing about who's got the best Clinton. lobster roll. Oh, yeah. The man. Uh, do you have it hot buttered <laughs> or do you have it oh, with mayonnaise? No, Clarified hot butter. butter. No, hot so butter. hot or cold? Hot butter. Hot butter. There's no such thing as a cold lobster roll. Cold, hot I, They're I both am, good. I like cold or hot. Yeah. I do too, but Just I hot. am a fan of the cold lobster roll. Sure. Oh, I love the hot one. What, how, a little bit of sea different. salt on top. Mm-hmm. And oh, it, it, it hugs you when you eat it. Yeah. The cold one doesn't hug you. The hot one hugs you. It's Can like I, a seafood hug. <laughs> so when it gets really some real heat in the air, I start making my lobster roll. I make a guacamole, mm. which is very limey and filled with cilantro. Mm. And then I get lobster fresh and cook it and then pull the meat out. And then I put it on a hamburger bun yeah. with tons of mayo. And then I put a couple leaves of Boston lettuce oh. and then a crisscross Two or three crispy bacon strips, tons of mayo, salt, and there you go. So it's, oh. I call it my lobster club. And in the guacamole, I put corn. That's perfect. So it, you've got kind of the, oh, the whole summer concoction in that one sandwich. I was afraid for a sec you were going to say that guacamole was a substitute for the mayonnaise, but oh no, I didn't. All right, here you go. In addition to wait, you ready for this? Get your lobster meat ready like you did. Take it out of the shell, chop it up a little bit. Then a couple tablespoons of water in the bottom of a pan, two or three, you know, splash it in there and then take about a half a pound to a pound of butter. Cube it up, turn the water on onto a medium high heat just so it starts bubbling a little bit and then one by one start with a whisk throwing in the butter and whisking it in there. Mm -hmm. And the butter stays together, right? It doesn't break apart into the fat and the solids. Don't take it over a simmer, right? 180 degrees and then take it off the heat once the butter is all melted and then take as much lobster as you can fit in that butter and throw it in there. Mm. And then I take a brush. And I get that lobster butter and I brush on my New England style hot dog buns, you know, the ones that are cut on both yeah, ends. I love then yeah. toast those either on in the oven or on a grill or whatever. Take that buttery lobster and just pull it out with a pair of tongs, put it in the hot dog bun, and then mold in sea salt or just a thick sea salt, you know, a crunchier yeah. one. Sprinkle that on top, drink the butter on the side. Wait a oh, it's <laughs> so, Wait a it is so How many years good. have I known you? 
I have never in 25 years heard you describe that sandwich. Oh, we do that. Why all have you long. not? Why have I not? It's <laughs> yeah. heaven. Doesn't anyone at this I've table? I've never think, heard him say that. Chris, are you keeping secrets from us? No, yes. that's my summer He's lobster roll. <laughs> you put lobster butter on the outside of your lobster roll. Oh my gosh! Roll? And then that's that butter outrageous. is that butter is heaven. Then mm. when you're done with the lobster roll, so it's a pound of butter. You don't want to waste it. When you're done eating your lobster roll, you strain all your lobster out of it. I turn up the heat and I clarify it, which means just separating out. It, right? It becomes a clear yep. butter. That I put in my refrigerator and then I have lobster clarified butter at all times to saute my seafood in. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Or brush on anything. Or brush on anything. Or just melt here. and drink. You just created more better <laughs> butter. Yeah. Can you use cognac instead of water? Yeah. Yeah, of course, if you want to flavor it. There just is no deciding. Uh, Hot or cold, mm-hmm. really? There isn't. Don't I don't you? think you should Personal fight preference. about it. No, no I think you should you just be polite yeah. and and eat as much as you can of either yeah. one. That's right. Okay, how about <laughs> swordfish on the grill? Oh. Some people have their grills out all year and they make that all the time. I don't. Nope, and my grill comes out, you know, around, they're this, out though now, around right? this time. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, they're yeah. out. Yep. So. I cannot wait to have swordfish on the grill. Agreed. Especially if you get it around here. Go down to a fishmonger on the coast and get a nice – oh, my God. How do you cook it? I just lemon and salt. Grilled corn on the cob, slathered in butter, sprinkled with salt. Now, some people – like our Spanish fellow over here, Alex Robbins, <laughs> puts other stuff on his corn, right, Alex? Well, I've been doing that Mexican corn. That's mm. a little bit different, remember? So we'll just take beautiful corn and then you can add some – what's that stuff we love? That tahini? Let's explain what that oh, is. Man. That's a Mexican – Spice. Lime, right? Powder. Lime extract. Yeah, yeah. It's dehydrated no, uh, de- lime. Salt and a little and chili salt. powder. Yeah. You can get it in any market. Hartford's filled with them. Or online. Mm -hmm. And they make like a white cream sauce, like crema frat. It's kind of just like like sour sour cream. cream. T-A-J-I-N, tahin. Tahin. Okay. That's worth having for anything. But for corn, I have to throw this to you, Faith. You taught me the best corn on the planet. Cast iron pan, butter, take the corn off the cob and caramelize it to this golden brown like But do you do that with good corn? Oh, my God. Even better. And uh, now that's it. It's like corn on the cob. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand people. (laughs) I'm laughing (laughs) and listening to this because I love that too. Except don't think that I'm complimenting myself because – I somehow, and I thank you every time, I somehow get credit for that dish, Mm -hmm. and it's not mine. I learned anything I know about that from a judge in New York, Emily Olshansky, and she makes this incredible cast iron skillet corn. I cannot do it still the way she does it. We all say, what in the world did you do to this? Thanks for the compliment anyway. But really, people, it is a wonderful thing. It really makes the sugar snap into the corn a little Mm. bit more. So the corn comes off, goes into the pan. Cast iron pan with butter. butter. Yeah, and then you just keep A lot of butter. And then you You stir it like a risotto kind of? No, you keep it moving. You want to scrape the fond off the bottom of the pan. That's the little bits of sugar that get stuck And you want to leave it long enough so that it starts to caramelize a bit. Oh, and you Everyone. can add a little of that spice you were oh, talking about. Oh, the tahini to it? Yes, we do. At the end, we put oh. a little bit of salt. But yeah, that would be just as good. 
so All right, good. No one's brought up watermelon. I mean, does it get better than that? No, watermelon. I always want to take a watermelon, do it like you see in the movies where they smash it down and it just breaks into chunks like at a party. Some yeah. people like slice it. But in the old days, you'd see people, they would just drop it and then, it, and then you see it's how it is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Thank Last you. year, <laughs> in the 90s, yeah. with Pearl Jam. My nephew taught me to, as soon as watermelon starts to come out, he taught me to bring it home, cut it off, a bunch of chunks, throw it into plastic bags, and toss it in the freezer. Uh, and then uh, you have the base mm-hmm. for a margarita, cocktails. watermelon margarita. Yes, and you yeah. just you keep some tequila on hand, yeah. and then you just pour in... In yeah. the blender, you put your frozen watermelon in. You don't even, so you don't, don't have that. to add ice or Nothing. anything, and it makes this kind of slurry, Slushy. cold watermelon tequila. Do you have? The, do you like thing. load your freezer as soon as they oh, come yeah. out? Oh yeah. In summer, yes. beer cubes. So that's what I start. Remember, doing. we yeah. did that. I, every summer, I have three different. Now I have three different beers I like drinking. As soon as I get the first six back, I drop them in these three ice cube trays. I drop one of the same beer cubes in the beer. Oh, so yeah. good. We did that show where we tested that out, and that worked. Yep. I mean, maybe a little tiniest bit of slush in yeah. there, but there's no, you know, sense of yeah. watery beer. Nope. It's amazing. Do you freeze your mug? With this, you don't have to. The freezer space is, I mean, you might have a big freezer. My freezer space is limited. Now that i got to add frozen watermelon to it, there's even less room. <laughs> okay, what else? So we're celebrating summer. Crab. summer bo- <gasps> yes. Oh. Soft shell crab. I yeah. love soft shell crab. I do too. We do it pan fried, yeah. lightly dusted, a couple strips of bacon on a mm. roll. Yeah, Kaiser toast. Oh, do you fry God. them in the bacon? God, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Mm. Or that butter... Lobster oh, or that lobster mm. butter, yeah. And you know how you go to the hospital and you lie down as you're eating? <laughs> it's just the yeah. best. Planning ahead. <laughs> to make the soft shell crab, a lot of butter yeah. in the pan, let it go to a little bit brown, just the lightest bit of brown. In go the dusted crabs and some shaved almonds, Ooh. you know, slivered almonds. Bits. Get them crispy cooked, yeah. and at the very end, you just start swirling around a few capers in there. Ooh, oh, and out it comes. oh, my goodness. So, and you can eat the whole thing. Just yeah. along with that, snapper blues. The little baby ones. Yeah, that, yeah they're so clean tasting when they're you don't that see them size. A lot. They're so easy to catch. We catch them with a cast master lure. You gut them, take the back of a knife and get some of the scales off, but just dust them in flour, a little salt, and fry them in olive oil like they would in Spain. Nothing goes better with rosé than than fried little fish like that. Or grilled too. We grill Uh. them. How about eggplant? Oh, oh I love it. Oh, yeah. I've been craving yeah. baba ganoush, oh. right? So I take my eggplant, and you can either do it on the grill or in an oven. Just pop a couple holes of them. I stick garlic inside the eggplant. Either grill them or put them in the oven till they get charred and soft and squishy on the inside. And then they go quickly, peel off the charred skin, and in a food processor with tahini, lemon juice, some salt and pepper. Ooh. And I'm telling you, it is the best spread. I don't know why I'm craving it. must be because it was that warm so, one day. That's all so, it needs, warm one day. So let me just say that Barbara Kafka, mm-hmm. who has died, I can't believe, yeah. you know, yet yeah. you feel like Barbara's still here. That's yeah. the kind of presence she was. And she did this book called The Microwave Gourmet. She taught me how to do an eggplant in the microwave. You just stab it with a fork all over, 
and stick it in the microwave 10 minutes yeah. or 12, yeah. 20. I can't even remember. Until but anyway, soft on the inside. And you yeah. see it just collapse. Then you just cut it open and scrape all the flesh oh, yeah. out. That's and the with that flesh, you can yeah. do anything. Oh. You can make a salad, your yeah. favorite spices, anything you want that would flavor it and make it great. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Thanks she to Barbara Kafka for that. Yeah. She was the best vegetable cook on the planet. When you needed a recipe for something, she was the one you went to for uh, as far as veggies. The not mo- bad with pasta either. Uh, I make her either. lemon pasta all the time. Robin, I can't believe you're saying that. <laughs> I make her cauliflower and anchovy Ooh, pasta nice. that is oh, I gotta look that to up. die for. Anchovies yeah. in a lot of olive oil yeah, yeah. and chopped up cauliflower yeah, sure. and yeah. it's high, high heat. Yeah, it, so gets it gets browns. Yeah. It gets soft. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. Wow, it's just unbelievable. That, that yeah. sounds awesome. Isn't yeah. it? Okay. Yeah, my hat's off to her. <laughs> I know. Me too. <laughs> oh. Okay. Here's the deal. Later on in the show, we're going to do batch cocktails. This is how not to stand at a card table and mix drink by drink by drink. We're going to tell you how to do them in batches where they stay ice cold and most fantastic combinations. We love Maggie Hoffman, who's been in our show before. And this is her new thing. So we're going to get to that with you. More mouth-watering conversation and fun ahead, including summer food. It continues on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you will make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. And we'll be right back. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. You can sign up for a free podcast of the show, which is a copy of it. It arrives in your inbox. You just sign up once at foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Presbury, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. I call it the new Metro Beast. <laughs> Wine broker Alex Province and Mark Raymond, our senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken, of course, Let's keep going with these summer foods because I'm having a ball with this. We just, in fact, ate some food that Chris brought to us. Delicious. And we said, let's do that summer theme we're going to do on the show. And in he comes with Alaskan king crab legs that were – I've never – in my life had had these until Chris brought them to me years ago and I thought this is unbelievable. It really yeah. is. So that was so Heavenly. generous. It was <laughs> fabulous. And then you did a whole tapas style thing of small bowls of things that we dove into that felt summery. Yeah. Summer salads. And they don't have no to. No carbs. Yeah. yeah. And you don't have to go crazy and you don't have to do a lot of work. Like I made one with hearts of palm. You buy that in a can already, right? So right. you can have it in your pantry. I took them and I chopped them. You can buy them in the can already chopped. All you do is drain them. 
Put them in a bowl. And you chopped up celery with them. Yeah, and then just take some fresh celery. Chop it For up. a little leave, crunch? Leaves and all. Did you do a, any kind of dressing on that? Very simple. A little bit of lemon, lemon juice and some olive oil and some mustard seed and a pinch of salt and a dash of Tabasco, and that was it. Easy. Uh, it was do- you anyway, can do it. Anyway, a lot of little <laughs> – a lot of bowls of delicious uh-huh. things. Yeah, little it salads. It felt so oh like goodness. summer, yeah. that casual. I love the, the mushrooms, the mushrooms yeah. with the green beans. Yeah, I, all I did was took yeah. mushrooms, washed them, put them in the oven with some olive oil, and then mixed huh. them with some roasted green beans, which I did the exact same thing. And then I threw them in a bowl and I splashed balsamic and on they were, them. And they had a little caramelization yeah. to them. I they see cold shrimp with lemon. Alex oh, yeah. Robbins, you have a summer tradition that you and Matt you do this every year. Tell us how it works. So we just get a big chalkboard, like a four by six, and we have it in the kitchen. And at the beginning of summer, we just grab chalk and we write down all the fun things that we want to eat. So like homemade ice cream, gazpacho, picnic on the beach, and, and we use it as inspiration. You know, yeah. when you come home from it's work and you're tired, you look up at the board and you're like, oh, let's do grilled ice cream. Yeah, make ice cream. That's a really a good, good idea. Fun, right? Yeah, it's like a really list, but fun. it's for visual people. I'm thinking yeah. for visual learners. <laughs> <laughs> How okay, about zucchini? Summer, summer foods. Yeah. Yes. Zucchini. I like or them when underrated. they're baby zucchini. Underrated for sure. No, but do you think they taste different? I think they're sweeter when they're smaller. Yeah. And I love chopping them up, slicing them very thin, and then hitting them into like a hot skillet or roasting them in the wood-fired oven where they get a little caramelization with a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of crushed red pepper. And then they're great mm. on a pizza. They're great oh, in a frittata. They're great just by themselves. I always tell people yeah, like – That's if really good. I love yeah. those. Once yeah. the grill is on and it's hot, gas yeah. or charcoal, always have stuff like zucchini, eggplant, tomatoes, yeah. onion, ready yeah. to go. As soon as you're done with the grill, you it's stand usually around at, there anyways. Yeah, and it's usually at its perfect heat when you're done. So take all that stuff, toss it with olive oil, salt, pepper, maybe a little basil or herbs and just – A whole yeah. thing of garlic, head of garlic. just fill your grill with veggies, mm. not for dinner that night but for the next day for lunch. lunch. Yeah, mm. and then just chop it up, mm. put it in Tupperware containers and like Mark said, Great you could put it in pizzas, you could put it in pastas, you could put it in just veggie salads. Those your morning veggies, omelet. I take them and mix them with a little olive oil, balsamic and fresh basil and you make like a ratatouille with them. And yeah. It's heavy. Mm. Hey, does anybody have stuff coming up in the garden that you I didn't plant? plant? I no, that came up no, from last year. I didn't do one thing. You're raising yeah. your hand, Chris. I, have, oh, I yeah. didn't do one thing. I have scallions. And Onions I, coming up from last I, year. Me too. I yeah. looked over. I thought, I have chives? <laughs> I didn't plant <laughs> chives. And you know, those, where did yeah. those come from? Things that come up every year. Yeah. 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 It's karma. The, my fresh oregano came back. Yeah. My asparagus comes back every year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've got rhubarb. Yep, that always comes back. Wow. Tomatoes will come back yeah. too yeah. if you allow them to fall. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, the cilantro... It went to seed at the end of oh, the so season. Oh, so you got plenty of cilantro coming So it's like everywhere. Yeah. I've got it cilantro is? everywhere. Yeah. yeah. If you let it go to seed, the seed will go into the ground, reseed for next year. Yeah. You can never have enough cilantro. I it's, know. I oh. agree. So wow. some people don't like cilantro, though. I love it. Yeah. Love it. But to them, it tastes that. like soap it's or something. A, it's actually yeah. a gene. Yeah. I'd mm. be so sad. Mm. I know. I, I love it, love too. Cilantro. It tastes like grassy herb to me. I love it. Fresh. I know. Back to our summer list. You know, one thing we didn't mention, and it's something that I really do love to do, where I'll take a whole head of romaine lettuce, you know, that's Uh, long and thin, wash it well, and then cut it right straight down the middle the long way. So you've got two halves, and then toss it in olive oil and Mm. put it on the grill. Oh, 
And that head of romaine starts to char, caramelize. It gets cooked up and then flip it over. And uh, then it's got this beautiful char on it. Then you like can. Like 10 minutes or five minutes? Yeah. It, it's minutes. Like, it, it depends char. on how hot you grill it yeah. until it's. You'll see. You know, you're obviously it. not going to. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want to burn it, but it gets kind of golden and beautiful. And then I will put a little, whether it is jarred or something I've made, a kind of Caesary drizzle on it and just serve the halves to people. Beautiful. And you just it's chow so on. Oh, good. Yeah. Instead yeah. of mm. traditional salad, yeah. it's and wonderful. It's easy, right? You know what I can't wait for? Raspberries. Oh, I love raspberries. Mm. You just go out. If you have My bushes, you plant them. I'm telling you, if you can get bushes going, you can get them fresh. There is nothing better than after dinner going out to the raspberry bushes, mm. picking them into little the, bowls. The, the deer and the cream. birds from eating <laughs> Forget it. Yeah, share. The, I have lost share. that war. Yeah, you share. Oh, no, yeah. there's no sharing. Oh, there's no sharing? Uh, no, they don't the, share. On yeah. their part, yeah. there is no sharing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm lucky at my parents' house, they're in a secluded area. You go out there with bowls, Let and you just... fill the bowls, and then you bring it back, and we pour fresh cream over the top and a little uh, gramonier. Over oh. and you just spoon that in. Oh, oh my Lord. God. And then every once in a while you mash one up so it, it flavors the cream and cognac with raspberry juice. Oh. Uh, a, a listener That's commented so on good. Facebook how they like to eat fruit warm, pick Sun like that. Warm. To me, yeah. I, I think nothing's better than like blackberries off the bush in the summertime. Peaches. Like yes. August heat warm. Yeah. Sun, mm-hmm. Exactly. Sun warm. Yeah. Sun warm. Yeah. yeah. Can you believe that we are this far into the summer foods that we can't wait to have? And we haven't done potato salad. Fresh dug potatoes, too. New potatoes. Gotta have yeah. potato salad. Oh, my well, gosh. Like German and they'll American. Be they'll be June. And I thought that was much later. Is, no, huh? No, end of okay. June because they're first to go in. Both of the farms I use put them in really early. It's called a cold crop. So you can drop it in. You don't have to worry about a little frost or anything. And okay. Man, they're mm. good. The first ones come, it's like magic. And they almost have like a sugary sweetness to them. Yeah. And they're so tender. You don't even need to peel them. You just sort of yeah, wash the them really good. Kind of falls yeah, off. And then you just steam them lightly with salt. Oh. You know, there's something about what you're saying that reminds me of the first time I had a freshly dug potato, and it was like no other potato I've ever had. I thought, oh, this Mm. is a potato? That changes it. I mean, I love potatoes, but the ones I was eating, you know, the ones (laughs) that seem ancient compared to the flavor. So I'm with you, Chris. Do you remember on the show I made a a BLT potato salad? Mm -hmm. Oh, Yes, I've used it before. Okay. People love it. So you chop up iceberg Mm -hmm. lettuce, chop it up. That's got the crunch in it. Mm-hmm. Then lots of crispy bacon that you and chop up and yep. throw in. There. Lots of bacon. More the better. <laughs> and Fixed cherry tomatoes to that you chop rice. up yeah. and, and put in there with yes. your whatever yeah. thing, you know, mayonnaise thing yeah. and whatever yeah. spices you want to do. And Makes you mix it all together. Salad. It really yeah. does. Yeah. It's really Sparkly, fun. Sparkly, fresh with the tomatoes, mm. you know. And then the bacon is smoky and salty and the potato just soaks fun. it You use up. good bacon? Yeah, I use thick slab. Yep, you can go to Big Y and oh, have them, Yeah, you can go to like a Big Y and have them cut it for you. Yeah. You know, they have the slicer back there. Or no Slabs of bacon. Or no oh. thick sliced apple yeah. smoked bacon. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. <laughs> or double smoked. Uh-huh. Double smoked. Um, and then we have, is it possible that no one did hot dogs and hamburgers My yet? favorite. Hots and hams. Yeah. Got to have them. No, you're doing pizza in oh. that oven <laughs> all through the summer. Yes, yes. We're always doing pizza. But- 
you've got to have your hot dog and hamburger nights. Oh yeah. Hey, I don't Connecticut know. has such good hot dogs. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hummel. We really do. Right, Hummel? right here in New Haven. Hummel. Yeah. yeah. Hummel, Groton Weagle. Groton uh, Muckies up Muckies. in Hartford. So, I mean, yeah. just so Hello. many great quality hot dogs. Uh-huh. Red Hots from oh. Hummel. Oh, my God. The holy grail of hot dogs. They're big and fat hot dogs, so they're like double the thickness. I usually can only eat a half of one. I cut it lengthwise, and they're called Red Hots, and they're spicy hot. Not like How unedible. Spicy? No, I'm like a, I'd say a five. All right. You know, so not burning your mouth off and I can't eat this, but just enough where you got to have another bite. Yeah. And, oh, my God. And then I take onion because I'm from New York. I'm from Queens, and the hot dog's got to have the cheesy tomato onions in it. And I don't mean cheesy like have cheese in it. I mean they're sautéed onions yeah. that they just smash in a little tomato paste and water. It's really cheesy, but oh, my gosh, so good on hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. And a little bit of salt. That's all it is. It's just mm. tomato paste, water. You sauté your onions. You put your tomato paste in. You add water. And oh, my gosh, you put that on the red hot. Celebrating oh. summer Ooh. foods on the food yeah. smooth. So we know how we've talked about this in the past where you go through phases in your life yeah. where suddenly my cheeseburger must have <laughs> – you know, the following Gorgonzola things. It has to have, yeah, I mean, it, I've gone through probably the 25 stages of grief with my cheeseburger. <laughs> with hot dogs, it's striking me that I've also been through phases. You know, I went through yeah. the mustard and onion oh, phase. And relish. The raw onion versus the cooked onion phase. The, the relish. The, the Chicago dog. dog. The yeah. Chicago dog. Yeah. Toasted the bun. Meat the meat sauce. The meat sauce. And oh. onion. <laughs> And mustard. Yeah, right. Fresh onion oh. versus sautéed onion. Why Chili who, cheese dogs. Who invented the hot dog? I don't yeah. know. Do we know? I German, mean, they should I have. Well, it's a Frankfurter. Yep, that comes from Germany. But who brought it here and how, did how it, it developed from Yeah, how did it become enough. an American thing? That we'd have to look up. Yeah. Boy, I thank whoever it was every well done. day. My retirement mm. restaurant is a hot dog restaurant. Think about this. How many places do you know across New England – where it might be just a stop where they have like yeah. a truck that yep. makes hot dogs. Yeah. You would stop for that dog. You would absolutely There's stop for that dog. There's one off Route 8 in Winstead where I live yeah. and I go there. It's just a little cart that he pulls it, behind his truck. It's the best it's hot awesome. dog in the summer. In a couple of weeks, he'll even have a little picnic table out there. You can sit. Uh, burgers. Lately, I cannot oh, oh. make my hamburgers without chimichurri sauce now. Oh. So, you know, yeah. chimichurri was yeah. typically something that we'd put as an accoutrement to the grilled meats that we do. But we started oh, wow. mixing it, the sauce right into the hamburger mm-hmm. and then cooking them on the Any grill. Any cumin? Oh, wow. No, no. But so just, you, you know, the, the parsley, burger. the garlic, the olive Not oil. on it. Just put it into the mix. Right. Oh, and then a chimmy grill it, and then put a p- slice of provolone over the top. You That's are your retirement, buddy. Oh my I'm god, telling you, I'm, doing that. I'm doing that. I'm going to do that this weekend. It's awesome. You'll love it. You'll be both on, the and same you can make corner. them ahead of time and, you, and freeze you put them. Cheese on it? Yeah, provolone. Oh, provolone. Yeah, little little zingy cheese. Oh, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to have my paella truck this summer. I need to have two mm-hmm. paellas. I need to have Alex's paella, which is. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Had it many times. From his family. And I need to have the paella made in the giant cauldrons (gasps) by the Basque. 
men who are coming, the Bascos, who that? are coming yeah. from the Basque region of Spain and from across New England to the New London Ooh, waterfront yeah. on August 17th. Oh, oh got to be, be there. there. Last we'll be year was there. the first year, right? It is the paella of a lifetime, like Alex's, and it's the biggest it's thing huge, you've ever right? seen. It's huge, right? It's like it's feet across. It's the size of this room. It is. It's about <laughs> as big as this room. And there are several of them. One is seafood, one is this, that, and the other thing. Oh. Lots of Spanish wine and oh, music. Oh, I want to go. I missed it and, and you're an ambassador cool. of And Spain. I am the ambassador to the Basque nice. region, and I'm very I like it. proud. It's real. It's for real. It, it and is. And the government wants to host me. Guess who's coming with me, people? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that has been the most fun. I'm starving somehow. Oh. <laughs> it was just the best. All right, coming up, how to do pictures of drinks so that you can enjoy your own party. Maggie Hoffman is on the air with us. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. Batch cocktails right after this short break. is the Food Schmooze Party offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, the Hamptons, of course. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear the show on Connecticut Public, it airs Thursdays at 3 and 9 p.m. and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. And, of course, you can talk with us on Facebook, too. Okay, you have a choice. You can stand at what we call the rickety card table as we all drag out all those (laughs) things. It's a choice. Or if you're having some folks over, you can do this batch cocktail thing. Mm -hmm. You know, in the old days, they would call this a punch. And especially in the South, this was a big deal. And then we think, oh, we'll do the batch cocktail, the family cocktail recipe in the punch bowl on a certain holidays. I still have a punch bowl. Well, it's a thing (laughs) you can do any time people are coming over. You need to know a few tips, how to keep it cold. So who do we get back again with us? We've got Maggie Hoffman, and she did a book which I loved, How to Use One Liquor to make a whole bunch of different cocktails so that you didn't have to go out and buy 20 bottles, spend $200 (laughs) to make some cocktails. Okay, now she's done this new one. We have it on the website, foodschmooze.org, with some of her recipes and all the information about her book. It's called Batch Cocktails. These are make-ahead pitcher drinks for every occasion. Hey, Maggie, welcome back to the Food Schmooze Party. Thanks so much for having me. Ah, uh, it's great to talk to you. Where are you right now? San Francisco. I know. Oh. <laughs> I just, I'm always jealous thing. when you say that. Okay, so tell me, what made you turn to this? The more I talked to people and when I traveled around with the first book, The One Bottle Cocktail, the more I realized people want cocktails to be easy. They want to have mm-hmm. a dinner party or a barbecue and serve a signature drink. You know, everyone wants to have a signature drink. 
but they don't want to be fussing with a cocktail shaker. And some people don't own a cocktail shaker. Cocktail shakers are kind of a pain. And so people are always asking me, oh, what do you do for a group? And so I decided to put together this book of recipes that are modern cocktails. They're not too sweet. They're not, you know, made with uh, some kind of drink mix powder. They're fresh and interesting. And the signature cocktails are organized by flavor so that you can pick, oh, I like a spicy drink or I like a bitter drink, depending on what you feel like. So here's a style of drink that we love here on the show. And in the past, we have talked, I don't know how many hours, about how to make a sangria, a really good one. And often the winner of that conversation is our Alex Province, who's half Spanish. And so he helps us understand what the whole true theory about sangria is, although there are many kinds of sangria. I thought this was a great recipe. This is on our site, foodschmooze.org. And it's your side porch sangria. This will serve about eight people, goes in a two-quart pitcher. We've got some Aperol some Campari. So this Ooh. is interesting. Uses both. Both. Uh, Carpano Antica, which is a sweet vermouth, and some dry white wine, like a Sauvignon Blanc, though. So a little bit more floral. Apricot juice, grapefruit juice, and then you would put various pieces of fruit in there. Side porch sangria, up at the side, gorgeous picture. What's your theory with this sangria? Well, it came from a great bartender who works in New York named Dorothy Elizabeth. And what I love about this is it has the lightness of Sauvignon Blanc, really refreshing that grapefruit juice. And then it has these bitter elements. So if you like an Aperol spritz, you might like this even better because it has a little Aperol and a little Campari and that's vermouth. So it has kind of a range of flavors that are really refreshing. So I want to ask you something about Aperol in a couple of minutes. Mm. So this one does not have, it has a sweet vermouth, which is interesting to go against the bitter. And so Campari, that's the yeah. contrast mm, in yeah. this. But there's nothing like a brandy, something dark in here, right? But that Carpana Antica that she uses almost tastes like root beer. Remember, we we had it sweet vermouth, right? Yeah, it's so like root beerish. Yeah, but brandy. I mean, you, couldn't you probably add brandy to this anyway? No, if you, want I, to? you know this is where the recipe group they want to kill you because the fruit like, in the don't brandy. you dare. Don't, Don't add it. Touch just my the recipe. fruit in it. <laughs> um, I mean, I think something nice about this is it's pretty light in alcohol. So if you're going to have a couple glasses and it's the afternoon, you're not going to need a nap afterward. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a okay, good point. Okay, so why, though, would you put both Aperol and Campari in the same pitcher? Oh, I love combining them. The Aperol has sort of a lighter orange quality, and it's a little sweet, but I don't like to do all Aperol because I like to add a little more of that bitter edge. So the Campari is a little more bracing, a little more bitter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're made by the same people. Yeah. Interesting and very secret. (laughs) (laughs) You you saw this. I know you did, right? This article that was in the New York Times, Maggie, about... It's all anyone's talking about. (laughs) 
<laughs> I just I was so mad when I saw this. You know, someone said it's a bad drink. It's a How bad. Come? Co- oh, I missed the article. It's all everyone in entire Europe. all of Europe is Drink. drinking. Yeah, them. every every place. And then we in started drinking them, and yeah. I thought, "How dare you? They're drinking <laughs> in Europe soda cocktails. You know, they're pouring glasses of yeah. soda with spirits yeah. and loving yeah. loving them. Is someone going to write an article like that? Okay, Maggie." Go ahead, weigh in on this. I think this had a really aggressive headline. And one thing all writers know is that usually the writers aren't the person writing the headline. So the headline was, the Aperol Spritz is not a good drink. (laughs) But I think what she was really saying is a few things. One is that when you're making cocktails of any sort, you want to use good ingredients. So people often make an Aperol Spritz with really cheap Prosecco. And if you're going to make a good version of any drink, you want to use a sparkling wine that you would drink on its own. Another thing that's really important is to think about, you know, your personal taste. And if you're feeling like something a little less sweet, she's suggesting other aperitif-type mm-hmm. liqueurs that could work. So that's like in the sangria where we mix the Campari and the Aperol. That's adjusting it so it's a little less sweet. Another thing to remember if you are making spritzes, is that Aperol is very heavy. It's a thick, rich liqueur. So you don't want to put that in the bottom. If you are making a spritz in a glass, you put a pillow of your sparkling wine in the bottom and then your Aperol on top, and that's going to sink down. If you start with your Aperol on the bottom of the glass and you stick a straw in it, all you're drinking is that sweet liquor. Mm. See why we, we really respect Maggie. This Yummy. is why. That is why. <laughs> that so, is the tip so of Mark, the day right there. Mark, you're nodding like crazy about... The uh, quality of Prosecco. Now there's, there's the extra dry Prosecco and then there's the Brut Prosecco. And the Brut Prosecco, which is a little drier... drier. You know, you utilize that and it kind of offsets a little of that sweetness that you're getting from. And not a lot of Aperol, right? Just the teeniest yeah. little – maybe some people put too much in it. I only put a little splash in it to give it a little color and a little I don't think you can say it's sweet. It's so refreshing, no, it's refreshing. and that bitter note. Yeah. You yeah. do it like when people come over before dinner because it yeah. doesn't ruin your appetite like a martini would. I mean it's so light I and like, refreshing. I like to do a 3-1-1, so three ounces sparkling wine, one of your Aperol or you could – you split of Aperol mm-hmm. and Chinar, Aperol and Campari, and one of Club Soda. Perfect. You're really yeah. not doing very much. No. Mm-hmm. Mm. Great. Love that. Okay. Let's try this. This is also at foodschmooze.org. It's what you call – we're doing pitcher drinks uh, so you don't have to stand to make cocktails one at a time. The book is called Batch Cocktails, and it's Maggie Hoffman back on our show. And this is how you do these make-ahead pitcher drinks. We'll tell you how to keep them cold in just a second. For any occasion, especially when you've got a you know, a few folks coming over, up to eight people. Mm-hmm. So Tipsy Daisy is vodka, chamomile tea, Strawberry syrup, you tell us how to do that. Some slices of orange and the strawberries and a dry, chilled, sparkling wine. And you make a pitcher drink of this. And then you add this syrup to it, which has got both spice and the strawberries and sugar and basil leaves. Mm. So you can see this kind of muddle, beautiful thing. It's going to be great. Tell me about this. I just love this drink especially now that strawberries are in season, you want to enjoy them so many different ways. And this drink is just a little bit spicy and so fresh because of the fresh basil leaves. 
So you can make this syrup a couple days in advance and keep it in your fridge. Throw your vodka in the fridge, sparkling wine in the fridge, so everything's real cool. Mm. And you make chamomile tea, which is just a little bit floral and really enhances the strawberries. And so you chill all those ingredients, and then you can combine them, you know, in the morning if you're having a party in the evening, and chill them in your pitcher. And then about two hours before serving or just before your guests arrive, you make the fresh lemon juice. And then when you're ready to go, you're going to fill your glasses with ice. You can use rocks glasses or wine glasses. It's casual. And then you can decorate your pitcher and just pour your cocktail in. So I think everybody gets afraid when they're making either a pitcher or a punch bowl drink. How do you keep it cold? Do you just put buckets of ice around and people refresh it themselves? People have geeked out on ice. Everybody said, well, oh, they have water. to be round. They have to be boiled. <laughs> has to be clear. From the Arctic. You know, I love the bartender. They hand-carve them into perfect spheres. <laughs> Half so, of it gets wasted. It needs orchids in <laughs> yeah. the center. Maggie does talk in the book about just how to do that. Can you school us on that? Yeah, I mean, I think you have a lot of options, and you shouldn't be nervous. This is about having fun. You know, when you're the host, you want to have a good time, too. So what I like to do is I like to chill whatever spirits that I can in the freezer before I start. So that vodka is going to be so, so cold, and that's going to keep your pitcher cold. And then in this drink, you're also going to be serving this over ice. So if it doesn't stay super, super cold during the hour of your party, you're going to cool off each glass by really filling the glasses to the top with ice. Um, And I always like to say that if somebody is showing up late to the party, I ask them to bring another bag of ice. As a punishment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Everybody is glass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a thing that we do on the show, Maggie, and I, I wonder what you think. There are things that we love to have super cold. So we love our rosés to be super cold, and we love our beer to be super cold. So we make ice cubes out of the drink itself. We have done videos on this here on the show. So we'll freeze beer and then start using those cubes to keep it. And then as they melt, it doesn't get watered down. And we do the same thing with rosé. What's your take on that? Do you think we're doing an you know, okay thing? or Sometimes I think that's a great idea because you don't want your rosé to be watered down. In this case, a cocktail always needs some water. If you are at a bar, every cocktail you've ever ordered has water added. It's huh. an essential ingredient, mm-hmm. and it brings down the proof of the cocktail, and it brings down the sweetness of the cocktail. So in this case... I'm telling everyone to put the ice in their glasses that's water ice Hmm. because I want this cocktail to dilute just a little Ah, bit. Ah, okay. Love love that. The other thing I would recommend if it's a really hot day is either to put your pitcher in a big bucket of ice or to consider splitting your pitcher among a few big either glass bottles or mason jars, and then you can bury those in your cooler of ice. Mm. Um, so that the base is cold. But don't skip the ice in the glass because if it's called for here, it's in part because we want that water. And we like to put salt in our ice water in that bath 
because oh, it does drop cold. the temperatures really, really cold. Yeah. Um, okay, so here's a third yeah. cocktail too. called Unchained Melody. It serves about 10 people, two-quart pitcher again. Well, you have to go to foodschmooze.org, or if you get the book, you'll see. The, the photograph of this is so it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And it's, gorgeous. it's got – I'm crazy, crazy about bourbon. <laughs> and <laughs> this has – I love orange and bourbon together. So a bourbon and you make an orange honey syrup. It's not hard to do. A little bit of water, fresh lemon juice, slices of oranges, orange tea bags. You make an orange tea, sugar, and honey, and this all comes together in a pitchered drink. And I'm sorry, but I think in the summer, that's an unexpected cocktail, and it's just cold, and it's fabulous. It's I'm like being at the I'm, Kentucky Derby I'm somehow. thinking like tag sale pitchers, too. Like, I get the, you know, yeah. like a misfit of pitchers. <laughs> Different mis- pitchers to yeah. use for it, yeah. <laughs> Mismatched glasses. Maggie, where's this one from? Because I'm nuts about bourbon cocktails. Go ahead. This one is from Katie Pie Richardson Wilson, who has a bar in Brooklyn called Dirty Precious. Yeah. And she is just brilliant, and... I love this drink because it's really simple. You're just doing bourbon. This is actually a one-bottle cocktail, and you can do it in a pitcher, or the picture actually shows it in a punch bowl. And you just you want to know how big your punch bowl is because you might want to double the recipe. If there's space in your punch bowl for a big block of ice and all the liquid. Um, So I usually recommend if you're having a party and you want to use a punch bowl, especially if you got it from a flea market, I recommend measuring out cups of water, pouring them in the punch bowl. Number one, you'll figure out how many cups the punch bowl can hold. And number two, you'll make sure there aren't any cracks. That's a good idea. Hadn't thought about that. Okay, that's why it's in the tag sale, I think. (laughs) Um, It is so much fun to talk with you. I think this is a great idea. And, you know, the host gets to enjoy the party, too, honestly, without standing, shaking and mixing and pouring and... I love I this idea. That. We are every <laughs> holiday. We are always talking, Maggie, about how shake, shake, how shake. we need to have like a signature cocktail, like you said before the event. It just brightens the whole mood if you come in and you've got something there for them. So and- what happens if people don't like it? So you have nine out of ten people who love it, and then someone's like, "Oh, I, you know, I don't well, like." There's always this. beer in their wine. You, 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 you have different guards, ones. and they are escorted from yeah. the party. I mean, mm-hmm. if people don't like the drink, take your ice just- and go. You must leave now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's why you have ice in the backup freezer downstairs. Well, it's true. I'm sure if someone says, you know, I'm not allowed to have X, Y, or Z, you probably have a bottle of something hanging around and say, please let me make you whatever. So, I mean, I hope so. Batch Cocktails, Maggie Hoffman is the author back on the show. Thank you so much for joining us, Maggie. Thank you so much. We're on Connecticut Public Radio Thursdays at 3 and 9 and Saturdays at noon weekdays. Listen for my 60-second food schmoozes and never eat more than you can lift. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. Hey, don't want the party to end? Well, neither do we. Talk with us anytime online at foodschmooze.org.